0: Voters in the northern suburbs of Atlanta go to the polls on April 18th to select a replacement for former Rep Tom Price, the 6 term Republican who resigned in February to become secretary of the Health and Human Services Department for President Donald Trump. Republicans have held this House seat for nearly 40 years, but Democrat John Ossoff, a former congressional staffer, is running strong and Democrats hope a win here could give them momentum heading toward the 2018 elections. I'm Sean Zeller, and this is CQ Roll Call's Week Ahead podcast. I'm with Greg Turio and Simone Pathé, who've covered the story for us, and we're podcasting from our Washington studio, Steps from the White House. So, Greg and Simone, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me, Simone, why are Democrats so focused on this race? What makes them think they can win?
1: So up until this week, when we had a special election in Kansas, this race in Georgia's 6th district was supposed to be the first competitive congressional election of Donald Trump's presidency. And it's really all about the presidential numbers here in this district. Hillary Clinton lost the district by only a point and a half. That's the only reason Democrats are even talking about this race. They think that there is a chance that Republicans who are so dissatisfied with Donald Trump might vote for a Democrat for Congress.
0: So what's going on with a district um, that, for Mitt Romney in 2012, I believe they gave him a huge margin, more than 20 percentage points over Barack Obama, but Donald Trump only wins by a point and a half. What's going on?
1: So these are your typical anti-Trump Republican voters. They are, for the most part, fairly well-educated and they are wealthy. Um, And a lot of Trump's rhetoric, especially some of his more offensive language, did not go over well with these voters. This represents the kind of district that Democrats think will pave the way back to their majority in uh, 2018.
0: So, Greg, you're from this district. You grew up in Sandy Springs. Tell me about it.
2: So Sandy Springs is a city um, right uh, just north of Atlanta. It's sort of a fairly typical suburban city. It's a mix of golf courses, single-family homes, uh, shopping centers, strip malls. And then the closer you get to Atlanta it does become uh, a bit more densely populated. You start getting very tall high-rises, uh, office parks, that sort of suburban town. And most of the district, the other towns in it are very similar.
0: And the people who live there?
2: Well, what's interesting about this district, as um, as Simone pointed out, is it's very uh, affluent, unlike most uh, congressional districts in Georgia, where the median income is in the $40,000 a year range. In this district, it's over eighty thousand a year. Over two-thirds of the residents. The richest have, in Georgia, right? Yes, it is the richest congressional district in Georgia by median income. And um a majority of the adult inhabitants of the district have college degrees. It's close to about two thirds of the population. So it's very well educated. It's very affluent. It's also very cosmopolitan. Close to 70% of the district's inhabitants Move to the district from outside of the state of Georgia, so even though the district is um, just if you look at raw numbers, you know, very racially and ethnically homogenous, it does have a diversity when it comes to uh, where the people come from originally.
0: So it's not Trump country.
2: It is not Trump country. It is, you know, it's very much sort of what you would think of as Romney Republicans. They're well educated. They're affluent but Trump's messaging really didn't appeal to them as we saw in 2016.
0: Simone, you mentioned this race in Kansas, which on April 11th, a Republican, Ron Estes, beat a Democrat, James Thompson, in a district that is heavily Republican. And what was notable is he only won by six percentage points. It was a lot closer than people thought. This was the race to fill the seat vacated by Mike Pompeo, the former congressman who's now the CIA director. And so is this giving Democrats increased enthusiasm about this race in Georgia?
1: That's a good question. So as you said, the the Georgia district is not Trump country and that's why for so long meaning the past couple months, national Democrats and even national press have been giving this race in Georgia so much attention. By contrast, the Kansas district, no one really started paying attention to until maybe late last week um, when Republicans got a poll back showing that they were leading by single digits. That was a huge shock to the political world. As you said, this was a district that Trump and Pompeo carried by um, high double digits, I think around 30% for both of them. So the fact that this margin would swing by about 20 points here in favor of the Democrats is really significant. How much that's really going to embolden them heading into Georgia, I'm not sure. I think... You know, National Democrats have already poured a lot of money into this race. Had Thompson actually won, I think it would have been huge. I think symbolically the fact that he kept the margin close enough. Sure, it might get some more donations for John Ossoff. He's already raised $8.3 million in the first quarter. But the attention is already there.
0: John Ossoff, he's the leading candidate, uh, the leading Democratic candidate in Georgia. Uh, Who is he?
2: So, uh, John Ossoff, he is a former uh, congressional staffer. He used to work for uh, Georgia Democrat Hank Johnson, who represents the neighboring 4th District. John Ossoff, in recent years, has been an investigative journalist and filmmaker. Uh, in the past, he's worked for Al Jazeera. Uh, he's a young guy, too, uh, Yeah, no, right? very young. I think he's, what, he's 30, right? Mm-hmm. He's 30 yeah. years old, so very young. Actually, a lot of the Republican attack ads have been about his age and the fact that they see him as sort of young and inexperienced, which he has countered as someone who has worked on the Hill before.
0: Right. And he comes in with the endorsement, too, of John Lewis, the uh, civil rights icon, congressman from Georgia, too, right?
2: Yes. Yes. He's got that endorsement, which um, obviously in the Georgia Democratic establishment is a very big endorsement. That's something that he's been um, obviously talking about a lot.
0: And what are the polls showing, Simone? So
2: right
1: now, he's hovering at about 40%, maybe 43. He needs more than 50%, 50 plus one, to clear the primary on Tuesday. If no one gets... majority, it'll go to a runoff in June.
0: This is a jungle primary. Exactly. Can you define that for our (laughs) listeners?
1: So you might be familiar with these kinds of primaries if you followed elections in Louisiana or California, where you have candidates from both parties who run together on the same ballot. In this case, you have a huge field of 18 candidates. That's one reason why Ossoff, as one of the most prominent Democrats, there are four others, but that's one reason why he's getting so much attention is because there's 11 Republicans, so
2: Republicans um, don't. He's know calling
0: 40 percent <laughs> with a with a field of 18.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah. And, and and with so many Republicans running in that race, there's a problem of them trying to coordinate and not campaign against each other, which they actually have been doing. Right. It's
0: 11 of the 18 are Republicans.
2: Right. So you have these 11 Republicans all running in the race. No one is quite sure which one of them is the clear favorite, unlike the Democratic side, where Ossoff is clearly ahead. The Republicans have been busy attacking each other in um, campaign ads.
0: Who are the top contenders amongst the Republicans?
2: Well, that, that's interesting, because if you had asked me that question a couple months ago, I would have said the clear favorite would have been Karen Handel, who is a former Georgia Secretary of State and a well-known Atlanta political figure. But in recent months, some of the more right-wing candidates um, and uh, the, the Club for Growth, the uh, uh, conservative uh, advocacy group, have launched a series of attack ads against her for being not conservative enough. And this has created some openings among farther right candidate names like Dan Moody and Bob Gray, both who come who are local politicians mm-hmm. from a bit farther out uh, to the right, have started gaining momentum. So it's very hard to tell which of the Republicans is the clear favorite. How are
0: the how are the Republicans talking about Donald Trump?
2: And there's actually a divide on that one where you have some Republicans like Bob Gray, who was the former mayor of a town called Johns Creek in the district, uh, he's endorsed Trump heavily. He said, we need to be more like Trump. We need to support him. Send me to Congress. Whereas a lot of the more moderate Republicans, sort of probably seeing how poorly Trump did in the November election, have been more skeptical and trying to distance themselves from his Brand of uh, republicanism.
0: And Simone, is Ossoff making Trump an issue in the campaign?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I had no plans to
0: get back into politics anytime soon. But the last six months have changed my worldview pretty profoundly. I think it's time for fresh leadership in Washington. Fresh leadership focused less on the endless partisan negativity that's drowning us in nonsense.
1: Yeah, you see Trump emerge as a theme in a lot of his ads, probably the most notorious of which is one in which all you see is John standing there with his phone and he's tweeting and his tweets show up on the screen. And it concludes by saying something like, anyone can tweet, we need a president who can do more. So he's really running against Donald Trump here. So
0: he's, Ossoff is telling these affluent, suburban Atlanta voters, well-educated people that Trump is not competent.
1: Pretty much, yeah. And that's why if Ossoff is to win, it's really important that he do it on Tuesday. His chances go down significantly if he does advance to the runoff, because then you're just running against one other Republican. And the fact that Greg was talking about where you have all this support is divided up among 11 of them, that disappears. Then you just have a standard congressional race in a Republican district with a D and an R.
0: And the national parties, how have they approached this race? Is it a proxy fight?
1: It definitely is. You have the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, unlike their involvement in Kansas, where they really stayed out until the last minute. They have had staffers in the district for weeks now. That has really helped Ossoff absorb all the millions that he's been able to raise, most of it from outside of the state and the district. You know, having an infrastructure there already in place allows him to buy up TV time and really outpace a lot of these Republicans. Republicans are certainly worried, though, too. You have the counterpart to the DCCC, the National Republican Congressional Committee is involved, the major GOP super back that's been backed by House leadership, the Congressional Leadership Fund. They're heavily involved as well.
0: Okay. And so this is being treated as a bellwether. You know, what's it going to mean for 2018, right? And it, does it provide a roadmap for, for Democrats if they win here?
1: Yes and no. In some ways, it represents the kind of suburban district the Democrats really need to win. If they are going to pick up the 24 seats, they need to get a House majority. They're trying to go after the districts where Hillary Clinton either won, and there's a Republican incumbent or con- in Congress, or districts where she fell narrowly short, like this Georgia district. But I think it's it's really just reading too much into one special election to say that if Ossoff were to win, especially if you were to win next Tuesday, that this would be some sort of blowout for the party in 2018.
0: And Greg, you you did a story on this race for CQ magazine, and you found that there were a number of southern districts around cities and affluent suburbs where this phenomenon exists, where Trump did less well in the last election than Mitt Romney did in 2012. And do you think Democrats are looking at those places?
2: I think they would be foolish not to. And as as Simone said, it's not a guarantee that just because Donald Trump did poorly in some of these congressional districts that they're safe seats for Democrats. This district in Georgia is not what you would consider a liberal district or a democratic district. It's just that there is this opportunity now that Democrats are seeing to sort of capitalize on Democratic voters who are angry and engaged and want to send a message to Donald Trump. Um, And it's also hoping to capitalize on Republican, maybe hesitancy to go out and vote in a special election to endorse Trump. But I think that there is a potential that if Democrats put time and effort into cultivating ground organization in some of these suburban districts, many of which um are located around cities in Texas like Dallas, Fort Worth, and also Houston. Um, I think if Democrats put energy into those districts, they would not be as lopsidedly in favor of Republicans as they generally have seemed in recent decades.
1: So remember that Ossoff, it's not as if he won a Democratic primary here. He's been boosted by the liberal grassroots community all across the country. So there's an argument to be made that he is not necessarily the kind of candidate that Democrats would do best to be running in many of these districts. I think you're going to see the Democratic Committee here in Washington try to handpick more moderate. They're going to go after a lot of veterans, a lot of small business owners in some of these red districts in places like Texas and North Carolina.
0: All right. We're going to be watching the polls come in on Tuesday night. Thanks, uh, Simone. And thanks, Greg, for coming in.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher and on NPR One.